It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Would you like to contribute to the conversation? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition? Jay talking with Bradley Jay. I listen to morning with the sun up. I'm busy. WBZ News Radio 10:30. I tune my radio to AM 10:30. The radio's all yours now. I talk to a man whose name is Bradley Jay. Improve my mind in a wonderful way. I just called in. To see what condition conversation was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition conversation was in. It's WBZ, you are Jay talking with Live Midnight 25. We're going to start out tonight talking about prisons, Bowie, Beatles, feminism, Berkeley School of Music. I want to give you a moment to let that sink in. Think what what the heck's going on over there? Our our producer, uh, master control operator is Andrew. How you doing, Andrew? So with us we have Gretchen Shea, plays guitar and vocals in the band The Knockups, and works in a in a job in a career related to incarceration. And she teaches over at Berkeley. We also have Stephen Murray, who does guitar and vocals as John Lennon in Studio Two. Some say the greatest Beatles tribute band ever, and he does live sound, and he books them as well, so we got a lot going on here. So first let me, well, I'm going to kind of deal with you, with you one at a time at first, if that's okay. <laughs> Punk rock okay. versus the Beatles, right? <laughs> so we have Gret, Gret, I'm going to tell a story, because that's how I, I, I roll. Mm-hmm. When I got this job, I took it real seriously, maybe even too seriously. I, I stopped going out for five years, partly because of the the overnight thing. And uh, only recently, maybe in the last six months, of it, I started going out again, and I realized how important it is in a way that I didn't realize. I thought it was just fun, but there's something more to it than that, which we'll get to. And one of my forays out, I tend to, I tend to go quite a bit over to Somerville because it's a great live music town. I went to Sally O's on a random kind of night, and there were five bands, I think, right? And I just happened, I saw one or two of them, and I was like, okay. I liked it, because it was live music in a small venue, and that's somehow important, and we'll get to that. I don't really like the big venue stuff. I like the small venue stuff. Sally O's is good, Thunder Road's good. There's a whole bunch of places good. But I, all of a sudden, the band showed up, and pow! You know, it was like a whole different thing. And that was the knockups. They were the knockups. And Gretchen Shea of the Knockups is here with us, along with Stephen. So first, I will say hi, Stephen, and hi, Gretchen. Hello. And we'll we'll uh, talk about the Knockups first. Ready? Yeah, I'm okay. ready. Right. Hello, Radio Land. <laughs> so, uh, how long have the Knockups been a thing? The Knockups were formed in 2012. Um, I had 
taken a bit of a hiatus from music. And, you know, as you sometimes do in life, I had been in a band called Black Barbie back in the late 90s. And the band uh, disbanded and, you know, life happened and things moved on for me. And I got my master's in English. And sadly, the guitar player from Black Barbie had passed away. So Salem State decided to do a reunion show where they could raise money for a scholarship fund for him. Um, for Joe Kelly. And so I was asked, could Black Barbie play? Well, that was lovely, but I hadn't picked up the bass in five and a half years, is fair to say. So I played this reunion show. And then after one of my dear friends, Harry from the band Pop Gun, grabbed my wrist as I was leaving and said, Gretchen, don't give up music again, please. You've got to continue. And so I formed uh, the knockups and carried on in a way, in a sense, with you know the seeds of Black Barbie, which was a punk band in the late '90s, you know, in the midst of the riot girl scene. Okay, I like you folks, you guys, you gals, for a lot of reasons. One of them, I guess, is how you do female empowerment. Mm. It's not like like it used to be. It's uh, first of the knockups is, I think, consistent with that. You you take this thing that's a, kind of a negative and you make it powerful, mm-hmm. correct? Yes, yes. Can you talk about that choice of that name? I would love to. So uh, the idea is it's always been that it is the woman's fault that, you know, she became pregnant and, you know, she fell off the path, as you would, you might, some might say. Um, so I feel like the name itself takes back that idea and says, okay, we're owning this, the knockups. Um, women are can make choices and take things back, if you will. Uh, so the idea really came from, you know, in the early 60s, women were singing songs that were written for them. You know, we all know the Ronnie Spector story, and there are many stories like that, um, where women were used sort of as the, the puppet the puppeteer, you know, the puppeteer was pulling the strings and the, the women were the puppets. So the idea is that in the knockups, if those women of the early 60s, you know, with the petticoats and the dresses could express their thoughts, their sexual desires, what would they have said? I'm sure they wouldn't have said, he hit me and it felt like a kiss. I'm sure they would have, you know, they had desires themselves, but they couldn't express them because it wasn't seen as ladylike. So you take this idea of the knockups and the idea of the sort of mad men vision of female mm-hmm. and you own it and you f- refuse to be imprisoned by it and you're throwing it in the faces. It's aggressive. It's aggressive. Yeah. It's yeah. So you do your visual style is that of the sixties. Yeah. The the petticoats and the bright colored dresses. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> That's what I saw, right? Exactly. You usually we do have casual day sometimes. You do when, <laughs> when you when you perform? Sometimes we have casual day where we'll wear local band t-shirts to support other local bands. Really? <laughs> yeah. I Rarely. <laughs> doesn't that I, I think that the way you dress is part of it. Yeah. No, it is. It definitely is. Okay. But I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, so I want to let you know we do have casual day sometimes. And sonically, uh you are what you are immediately in each song. Bang, it's right there. You know what it is? It, it doesn't stay the same, but you know the essence of what's going on right away. Mm-hmm. I like each song instantly, Thank which you. is not like 
the others. Sometimes it takes a while to say, oh, I kind of like that song. But this one, it is what it is instantly. Thanks. Now, I'm not a real judge of who's a great musician. Are you guys, you seem really good. Thank you. you. I, I'd like to think so, but I consider myself a songwriter. Yeah. I never consider myself a guitar player. I went from bass to guitar yeah. in 2011, and I spent a year just playing acoustic, and yeah. I did not allow myself to plug in until I felt I was ready and I earned it. And How long I did it take it. for that? It took about a year to really learn chords. That, How much practice? Every day. I, I used to teach at 6 o'clock at night, yeah. so I would practice until 5 o'clock and then get ready to go to work. So, so three hours, two hours? As much as possible. I had just always left my guitar in the stand. I never had it in the case. So and if somebody buckles down mm -hmm. and does two hours a day for a year, they can kind of... If you have a good ear, I would say, and also I've been playing instruments yeah, forever. Yeah, I'm thinking so. about me. Oh. You know, I'm kind of. I've been playing this and that. I've never really yeah. buckled down. I was mm. just curious. Yeah. I mean, I can make most of the chords except for a B. Yeah. B is hard. It's a hard one. <laughs> Takes practice. Yeah. And I, I need to. Anything else I can do to help the folks understand what you're like? Maybe you. Yeah. Can help me when you're up there. Yeah. What do you feel sure. like you're doing for to the audience? I feel like we are. Here it is, and you know, here are some of the things that we think are important. I just wrote a song called Free Her, and that's about women in prison. Um, and it just talks about how I think people view those who are in prison as bad. You're a bad person. If you're in prison, you're bad. But the song just discusses, one of the lines in the song is, how can you be free when all your choices disagree? Meaning that, you know, a lot of times people talk about, oh, you made a, a bad choice. But if you come from a home of abuse and, you know, you're abused yourself, do you really have a choice? Um, I think it's important to, to recognize Okay, there's that. one uh, kind of metaphor that I do want to throw out there for some people. It'll help them get you. Mm -hmm. And I told you that you reminded me of the women. Your band reminded me of the three women in the Russ Meyer classic, Faster Pussycat, Kill Kill, mm -hmm. which is a movie that centers around three very, very sexual, powerful women who have a, a car gang, three cars, and they ride around terrorizing people, and they terrorize this sort of studly big guy and his poor sad father out in the desert. Yeah. And it's, you remind me of that. If anybody has seen that, they'll, they'll get it. And if you haven't seen that, <laughs> treat yourself. We uh, wanted to talk about your little thing you did with you too, because it's kind of fun. Sure. So I've been a U2 fan forever, like most Bostonians, I guess you could say. And uh, I have a very dear friend, uh, Donna Lane, who was at the Paradise show that I met waiting for U2 of all things. Wh and, when mm -hmm. was that? Uh, the, the 81? Yeah, the, she was at the very first show. Was Bono sick? Did he have a cold? It was it was the night that they did the two sets. They you know they. So that's not the first time they were in town, right? Weren't they somewhere it, else before it was, that? No, the, they played the Paradise in Boston. Yeah. That was the first show because BCN was playing the U two single. Did they play the Paradise again? They did. Yeah. Because I went to one of those. Mm -hmm. Probably not the first one. Mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> I just remember. Bono but they played with Mission cold. of Burma. We were at Mission of Burma. No, I don't remember. Oh, Mike, okay. I could never remember, but I do remember <laughs> it was empty enough so that. 
you could put your foot right on the front of the stage. Mm. You could be in the front. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You didn't have to fight anybody. Yeah. On the side of the stage, there was no one there. Right, right. So it was pretty early on. Yeah, well, she she actually said uh, five songs in, she almost left because yeah. there was another show happening that night. Wow. She didn't think they were that good. And then some spark happened. And anyway, I had met her uh, being a diehard U2 fan, the type that waits in line for hours to be in the front. And we formed a really close friendship. And she encouraged me to you know, pursue my life dream, which was to play with you too. And so over the years, um, I've given Bono my band CD or album at the time, whatever I had going. And so uh, I had given him a knock-up CD and a T-shirt. And I also gave Adam a T-shirt and a CD waiting in line before the show when they were going in for sound check. And I said to Bono, uh, Bono, can I come up and play? Because for this particular tour, Songs of Innocent, he was pulling somebody up on the small stage every night. Yeah. But he was always pulling up mail. Yep. So I said, you know, I can play. And a funny little story, which is they played four nights at the Garden. And on the Saturday night, Bono said, where's the girl? Where's the girl who wants to play guitar? But I was at the main stage and I heard him and I said, this is my chance and I'm so far away and, and I'm going to lose my chance. So he, started, he had started your song already? Well, he was looking for that person to pull up, but he was specifically asking yeah. for a female. But you had time to get there? I did not. He actually pulled up a young boy, probably 12 or 13, and that boy did play guitar and they gave him the acoustic guitar. Yeah, and so anyway, my my dreams are smashed, I think. And then, you know, fast forward to Tuesday night, and we waited again and saw them going in, and that night was the night that I got pulled up. And he said, uh, what's your name? And I said, Gretchen of the Knockups. And he said, the Knockups? The Knockups is your band. So he was repeatedly saying the Knockups, which was great promo for my was band. Was he doing it on purpose? I think so. I think he was a little surprised. Was he? But was he doing it to plug you? I don't know. I, perhaps. Um, Adam Clayton is known for wearing obscure punk band t-shirts on yeah, stage. Yeah. And that particular tour he was wearing, well, they're not obscure, but he was wearing Buzzcocks and virgin prunes and you know he's wearing really cool shirts so you know it it he might have been so i'm not sure to okay. answer your question <laughs> well i need to spend a little time on this mm -hmm. hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus you would really practice the song you knew it cold i'll tell you the the truth is my dear friend donna i had played all i want is you at her daughter's wedding that January but 
when I got pulled up, I wanted to play plugged in. I wanted to play Italy. I had it in my mind. I had envisioned this for years. I was going to do Desire, and I was going to be aggressive coming at Bono, and they handed me an acoustic. And what could I say? I couldn't say to Dallas, Edge's guitar tech, what? Give me a telly, you know? So I had to just accept it, and then he said, really quickly, I mean, this all happened in seconds. You know, it was like, if you're not ready... You're out, yeah. you know? So he he was looking at me like, don't mess around. Very serious. And he said, uh, all I want is you. And I said, sure. And so Whoa, then they- So you didn't know the song. No, I didn't know what, what song. What was one you didn't know? He would have, they told me, they said A, D, F sharp. They told me the chords. Okay. So, and then we did a quick little tutorial and then he turned around and he, you say you want, you know? So he gave you a little test really. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he right said there. D, the best part is he said D, D and I'm like right on stage. going like this to him. I'm like, this is a D and you right know. Right on stage. Yeah. And then he swung around and he began the song and four lines in he flubbed the lyrics and slid into the correct line, which was really funny because I'm thinking afterwards when I watched the footage, you're worried about me and the chords and you flub up the lyrics. So when he was testing you, did, <laughs> did he think you were getting him wrong initially? No, no. He only said D and he said D. Like, I think he wanted me to change more quickly. Yeah. So. Man. <laughs> and, and it came out okay? I think, yeah. I mean, it's on YouTube. Yeah. When you go to YouTube, you put... You two, Gretchen, and Boom. it's there's multiple versions because prior to him calling me up, he had done a cover, a little cover, like a little tribute to the Rolling Stones, Miss You. And he was like, you know, doing the woo-hoo-hoo, and he goes, uh, Edge, there's a girl who wants to play guitar. And, you know, he was really dialing it up. So, Do you like all of you two or is any disappoint- are there any disappointing eras of you two? People say Pop Mart, but for me, that was, I loved the Pop Mart show, but that's because I had a great experience. Um, I got to be on the floor for the first time. And for me, disappointing, I, I, I guess if it's not an error to answer your question, but what disappoints me is because U2 is such a well-oiled machine, the spontaneity and is gone. You know, you can't have a show that had the raw passion that they used to have because everything is timed with lights. Yeah. So that's my only real disappointment. For me, for the record, Boy, of course. Mm-hmm. Lots of times, first albums. Yeah. Jill. And then the Eno things. Mm, Eno, yeah. Eno's not afraid to make you take a sound and use it over and over and just love Brian. swim around in it. Mm-hmm. So those are my favorite. We, yeah. don't, we have minute, limited time. Okay. So we're going to go to Bowie and then... After the break, we're going to talk about Berkeley and incarceration, and then Studio Two. Okay. When are you guys playing next? I need to ask that sure. so I don't forget. So uh, the Knockups are playing next Friday at the Exhibit A Brewery in Framingham, uh, and that's an early show. We go on at eight o'clock, and then for you, special May seventeenth, we're playing at Sally O'Brien's again, which is the day after my birthday. So that'll be a fun show. What day? May 17th. It's too far. I can't wait. <laughs> okay. So I'm a Bowie person. And I'm hoping you can explain why. Why am I a Bowie person? What does Bowie do for us? I, you know, I talk about it, but let's get it from you. Yeah. I'm sure the, the Bowie thing does the same thing for you as it does for me. But what is that thing? I think the 
the real thing for me about Bowie is his ability to be anything, to be a character, to, you know, consistently reinvent themes that we think we've heard a million times, but yet they seem fresh and new to us in each show, in each album. Um, You know, I talk a lot about the hero's journey. I feel like Joseph Campbell, you know, the the great uh, writer and... Heart uh, of Darkness? Mm, oh, no, jo- that's Joseph Conrad. Joseph Conrad, Conrad. okay. Yeah. Who's Campbell? So Cam- Joseph Campbell wrote a book called The Power of Myth. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And uh, so for me, I think Bowie, this constant way of, of storytelling, and it always appears to be fresh, and as as well as it's a, it's a musical theater type show with him. You know, he it's not just a rock and roll show. One more little bit with... Gretchen about what she does at Berkeley and what you do in the prison system. Let's start with Berkeley. You teach a course. Sure. Uh, I teach, the well, currently I'm teaching the David Bowie Literary Inspirations uh, of Bowie. And um, I also teach a course uh, called Mass Incarceration. And it looks at all of the problems surrounding the U.S. prison system over the course of the semester. And it asks students to you know, come to their own conclusions. So they have the students take a non-musical course? So students have an option as a freshman between taking um, a music-centered course um, where they, they explore being an artist. They also have the option of taking a course that looks at things in Boston, history of Boston, transportation in Boston, or a current topic, which is what I fall under, the current topic. So they must love you over there because they you teach the, that, and then you just had this idea about teaching a Bowie course not that long ago because you said yeah. it was inspired by the Brooklyn yeah. exhibit, yeah. which is extremely recent. Yeah. And so you had to come up with your course and I, get them to do it yeah. practically overnight. They must have said yes instant, instantly. I, well, I wrote a proposal in October, and um, it's difficult because I have the responsibility teaching a literature course that I need to cover different genres. So with Bowie, you could just do complete science fiction, but that's not good for the students. They need to have a range. So we did The Iliad, Dante's Inferno, and we're ending with George Orwell's 1984. Good for you. All right. <laughs> what I'd like to talk a little bit more about the prison system. You have insight that we don't. What do we need to know about the prison system? We, meaning everyone that's not in it, need to know that we don't. I think the the basic thing, the basic takeaway is that when people come out of the system, they are more likely to go right back in because they're not receiving mental health care services. Uh, they're They're not getting at the root of the trauma that put them there in the first place. So New Beginnings Women's Reentry Services is the first in the state of Massachusetts, Stacey Borden Holiday founded it from Cambridge College, where I also teach. Uh, And she asked me to be a board member. So the goal is for New Beginnings to have a physical location. Right now, Stacy runs um, out of Dry Dock Ave, uh, which was a gift from the city. Um, But she wants a residential program, which which would be 18 months where women were uh, you know, living in the program and receiving mental health care services as well as job training. So people should understand that when people come out, if they don't receive what they needed in the first place, they're going to go right back in. Okay. 
Rachel Rollins is not uh, doesn't want to pr- prosecute certain crimes. Are you on board with that? Or all of it? Yeah. Some of it? None of yeah, it? Yeah, I think when a lot of times I get pushback from people, what are you talking about? People shouldn't go to prison. And my big thing is that we're talking about nonviolent offenders, largely drug-related crimes. So nonviolent offenders, that's the main thing. Um, there's mis- misconception there. Okay, mm-hmm. now let's... Um, Move to Stephen. Stephen Murray, how you doing? Good, how are you? I know this is sort of segmented, but mm-hmm. I guess it. I, I guess it has to be. Yeah. I'm. I am curious. I've never seen Studio Two, your Beatles tribute band. You're the engineer, and you play. You play the guitar, and you sing. Yes. So first, and I. This is a terrible question. It's so cliche, but Studio Two. I just don't get why you're called Studio Two. Is it the a studio where the Beatles recorded in a lot? Something like that. Yes, it's the uh, studio. Well, in, in Britain, I was told it's uh, number two studio, but it's this it's the studio at Abbey Road's studio EMI where most of the Beatles recordings were recorded. And we looked it up, no other band had the name, so why not? Boom. Okay. Now, have you always been a Beatles fanatic? Uh, when I started being a Beatles fanatic at the age of 12. What was going on so, at the time? What was the what was the music? What did you? How did well, you come across it? Um, my brother, my twin brother, who's also in the band, Robert, he uh, got the anthology number one um, cassette tape that had been released that year. My father get, got him a cassette tape. My my mom got me Garth Brooks, <laughs> and so you know, for a month or so, I'm listening to Garth Brooks. This is great. So you're bro- almost and, in a Garth Brooks trivia band. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and my brother's like, you know, you should listen to this song. I'm going to pop. Can we put it in the, in the stereo, Dad? Yeah. Your mom's at work. Just play it as loud as you want. He puts it in the cassette player. He hits play. And boom, my, my life is just changed. What I, song was it? It was uh, She Loves You uh, from the Royal Variety Show. It was like a live performance. And, and what about that song? Got you. Uh, at first, it was the drums. Uh, just total huge fan of the, of the drums. Have you always, prior to that, were you a drum person? Uh, you know, I really. noodle on with my fingers on. You know, I never never understood. There's something about the context of that song that made the drums speak to you. I don't know. Yeah, whether, and you were really a drum guy before that. No, <laughs> you know, it, it music always intrigued me, uh, but I, you know, suddenly, wow, I want to play an instrument, and so. I, you know, if I went to trumpet, and then I was, no, it's not the trumpet. Then it was bass, and it was, no, not the bass. Why not the bass? I like the bass. I'm obsessed with Paul McCartney. But uh, my guitar teacher was like, well, learn how to play guitar. You can get the six strings, and it's just the bottom four strings. You can pick it up later. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's that easy. Okay. Yeah. But I, I've played, dr- I dabbled drumming my whole life. Yeah. But uh, just something about the overall music and the drums that was it. Put Garth Brooks away and it was yeah. Beatles 24-7. You know, we have a performance room here. And you know what it doesn't have in it? It doesn't have any drums. It doesn't have a back line. Huh. I'm going to actually write to the bosses. And it, I, got a, it seems like it'd be cool to have a, a setup so anybody could go and play. Because yeah. a lot of bands come here. Oh, definitely. Anyway, and it would be fun for me because I could come in on the weekends and play drums. There you go. Without waking up the neighbors. <laughs> So you're off to the races with the Beatles. Yes. What was next for you? 
Did you go buy everything? No, uh, we, we, you know, we got a guitar and got lessons, weekly lessons. We mean you, your brother, my and, brother and I. Yes. Yeah. So uh, he was into the Beatles right off, right oh, before you. Oh yeah, yeah. He was more so than me. But as as time went on, the anthology two came out and three, and then the the big box uh, VHS box set. Yep. Then we both were equally obsessed. So you get older, bands so. come and go, you, yep. but they don't speak to you like the Beatles. I'm I'm trying to no. figure out why the Beatles. No. I, I'm not sure. Is it something about I, the, I, I guess if you're not sure, it, I can ask you over and over and you still it, won't be no, sure. Yeah, it, However, is it something about the charisma of the people involved? It, yeah, I, I think it was the, uh, to me, there was something about, yeah. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> I understand. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it, a, it's, it's, it's an tough elusive because, thing we're looking for here. Yeah, it, it, something, something spoke to me when I heard it that none, no other music before, I can't explain it. It's something like within the whole package. And, Is it something and, that and, makes the whole greater than the sum of the parts that we can't put our finger on? Yeah. And, okay. oh, and, and, and now, it, to me, it speaks now to me as I can kind of relate to them a, a, a bit. Um, but just like, like in life, uh, and you know, does your personality like you're you you're John? Mm -hmm. In real life, are you closest to being John? Uh, sometimes, sometimes. You, you know, <laughs> so, you know, Gretchen. You know, I'd say uh, snarky comments, okay. and you know, John was definitely one that made snarky comments, and that's just who I am. But not, you know, most of the time I'm not. So I have to really act the the part whereas you know some play other plays in our band like my brother's really quiet so playing george is easy right uh and plus he's a really talented guitar player uh you know so so we're going to take a break and talk more about you and your band okay sure it's wbz here's the real bradley j saying what he wants to say speak Jay talking with Bradley Jay. Why don't you just go and sit down and listen? WBZ News Radio 10:30. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Would you put the radio on? Sure. I'm coming up the top. Who's the dog? Let's see what he has to say. Turn into a radio show. It's a beautiful night. Oh, what a night. I love this place at night. Jay talking with Bradley Jay. There's no wrong in him. WBZ News Radio 1030. It's WBZ, little disco in the background, which is nice. We are talking music. Now we're talking Beatles and Beatles tribute band. We're with Stephen Murray, who does uh, the guitar and sings in Studio Two, a Beatles tribute band. They they oh, tell me it's the uh, the best. Is it, do you feel like it's the best? Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Moving on. During the break, you said you were mentioning something interesting, and you got you first heard the Beatles in the first incarnation of the Beatles. She loves you, yeah, 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 mm -hmm. and that's all you needed. And for four years, that was your life. And then just accidentally, you find out found out there was more to the Beatles, and that kind of 
you know, A, it burst your bubble, but it also burst your prison, sort mm. of. So can you tell that story again for the folks? Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it'd be a total lie if I didn't know more than just she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the anthologies came out. So I knew up until the end of the Beatles, and then I kind of never went past that. And then suddenly on, on TV, my mom said, oh, there's a documentary about John Lennon. Imagine John Lennon. Great, let's watch it. We're watching it, watching it. You know, great. I'm learning all this stuff about, about Lennon. I never knew. And then suddenly it gets to the part where it talks about him being shot. And I'm like, wait, what? He was shot? So what happened? That had to rock your world, it, right? Yeah, it was total. It felt like like a, like a family member had passed and I went to bed like really sad. And I was like, this is, I, I you know, couldn't believe it. How old and were you at the time? 14, maybe 15. Huh. Yeah. Wow. And, and I couldn't believe it. And then. Did that make so, you want to search more or afraid to search more? I didn't want to go back to 1980. You know, I wanted, I was like, I'm going back to the 60s right. you know, with the music, you know? Yeah. So, but, you know, then I got me thinking, oh, there's, you know, the four Beatles, they did, they must have done things after the Beatles. So I started researching uh, and I got obsessed with Paul McCartney, listened to all those albums, you know, still to this day, huge Paul McCartney fan. Uh, but uh, after that, you know, I get through, I listen through all the albums then suddenly, well, I'm going to go back to the the first Beatle albums, and then I just never left like the first four or five albums. You know, I still listened to everything, but really deeply listened to all those albums over and over and over, uh, and I've never really left. <laughs> now, about your tribute band, it's Studio Two. Mm -hmm. You strike me as a guy with extreme attention to detail, correct? Yes. Is that that's what makes your band good? I'm guessing. Yes. Well, yeah, we. Uh, my brother and I said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it exactly to de every de little detail. Crazy de detail. Crazy details. Like the details. exact paint job on, you know, original paint on the outside of every guitar. Oh, no, yeah. that's been repainted. We can't use that guitar, right? <laughs> kind of thing? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. I have had a guitar made to look like one of one of the photos of, of, of you know, some photos of John Lennon's guitar from the Ed Sullivan show, Rickenbacker 325, and had the guy chip away at the paint to make it look just like it around the edges and wear the finish and the hardware, make it dull. That's great <laughs> stuff. I love that. Yeah. And about the other gear, exactly yeah. the same thing, same exact uh, amplifiers. You can probably find, do you use old stuff or we, is that just too heavy and unreliable? We use a combination these days of, of old stuff and new stuff. We, we just so happen to meet these wonderful people that are great friends of ours now that just share a a love for vintage equipment and the Beatles. And so they suddenly have an original 1963 Vox AC30. So I get to use that on some shows. Whereas uh, some of our gear is more modern. They have these recent like small Nino uh, nanotube Vox yeah. amps. And we, we kind of use those now just to, sometimes it's easier to carry. You know, Can you put the, that digital gear inside the old cabinet? You could. Yeah, you really could. You know, um, we try we try not to, because it it kind of takes away from the whole mindset of keeping everything, all the details right. When you speak to the audience, do you use a, a Liverpool accent? I do. So you, ha I'm guessing that you really pay attention to a good Liverpool accent. I try. Because you know 
that the real Beatle freaks are going to be trying to pick apart everything. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who's in a tool perfect circle, or he was, and these tool freaks would come out and try to say, oh, no, you didn't play that bass part right. That, you, that <laughs> note goes up or down. They really, they, they kind of get off on finding mistakes, right? Mm. Yeah. Oh, damn. I, I do the same thing with other be tribute bands, Beatle bands. I go, mm, they going to do that right? Oh, they missed the note. You know, What's an example of something that other bands get wrong that you get right? Uh, a lot of bands don't have a left-handed Paul. <laughs> of course, that's yeah. important. Yeah. That really has to be tough because it's, it's tough to find people to be in a band. It's tough to find a good bass player, mm -hmm. and it must be tough to find a good left-handed bass player and then one who can be Paul. Mm -hmm. And this guy... I hope you treat him right. Yeah, this guy, he learned left-handed. He's, he's right-handed. He learned to play left-handed. Are you the only one that speaks to the audience, or do they all? We, we all speak. And they them. all have the correct accent? We try, yeah. Do you correct each other if it's not? Um, in re do you speak in rehearsal? No, with we the don't. accent? We should. We, we don't. We kind of just listen to... We listen so much to the Beatles. When I, I went to Berklee College of Music, so when I, when I was at school... I used to at parties or at in classes, people would say, "You got a slight English accent. Where where are you from in England?" I'm not from England. I'm from Boston, and no one hears the Boston accent. It's probably because I all I listened to were Beatles all the time, so all I heard was them speaking. <laughs> That's cool. We have uh, a oh a Beatles expert here. Somebody wrote a book on the Beatles. I believe it was called Beatleness. <laughs> it's Candy in Cambridge. Hi, Candy. Candace Leonard. Hey, how you doing? Hey, fine. What's the Hello. name of your book again? My the name of my book is Beatleness. Yep. How the Beatles and their fans remade the world. Candy was a guest some time back, and if you want to find that podcast, you can. So, what's up? Say hi to your pals. Hi, Candy. Yeah, so, hi, I love you guys. I have a bunch of things I want to say. First of all, I said hi to. Who okay, is that? Okay. okay. Um. So first, um, Gretchen is a renaissance woman. That's what I call her. Okay? She's incredible. She's an inspiration oh. in, in, like, so many ways. And then Stephen and his entourage, who mm -hmm. are also incredible. I feel it's a privilege to know these guys, oh. all these, these people. Um, Anyway, but you were searching before for the when you were when, when Stephen was describing why it was that clip of "She Loves You," which is a pretty special thing. Yeah. Um, why that grabbed him so much? You were trying to find the word. You know what the word is? What is that? Beetleness. Beetleness. <laughs> In other words, there's no word for it. That's right. why I had to. Well, that's not a acceptable. Word. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be a word for it. Well, I mean, he, well, here, here are the words associated. We're being lazy, intellectually lazy if we just say there's no word for Candy, it. Candy, would you okay. accept the word sprezzatura, which means, I'm sure, do, we, do you know the word sprezzatura? I have, I have heard that. What does it mean again? So it means when something is done with incredible grace and fluidity, but yet it looks okay. effortless. Studied carelessness. Well, certainly that was one of their qualities for sure. Absolutely. Mm. Definitely. Um, but, you know, the words that people use to describe them, like, you know, here was a young fan. He's describing, like, how do I, you know, you're asking me what grabbed me about this. 
you know, the words, it's, it's this feeling of joy, elation, um, energy, uh, freshness. Um, That's good. We are yeah. out of time, Candy. Thanks. We really are out of time. I have 60 seconds for you to remind us sure. when you're going to be here. Sure. Uh, be available yes, to um, see. Absolutely. The knockups are playing at the Exhibit A Brewery with Motel Black, who are in the Rock and Roll Rumble this year. And then we're playing May 17th at Sally O'Brien's, day after my birthday. Steven. Then Studio Two is playing at Thunder Road Music Club next Friday, April 19th. Thunder Road. Yes, Thunder Good. Road. And then uh, Larkham Theater in Beverly. Uh, we're doing a, a new show. It's going to be really good. It's a matinee show from 3 to 5, I believe. Tickets just got on sale, I believe, on Larkham.org. Okay. Yeah. You seldom play in town. This Thunder Road gig is pretty close to town for you. You generally choose to play outside. Why? Uh, well, a lot of the places in Boston, bad parking. Uh, you know, they don't really give us the best deals. Mm-hmm. They, you know, there's a lot of music going on in Boston. So it's like we're competing with all the other venues and all the other colleges, right. and a lot of the all, a lot of the better deals come out from northern New England. And you're the one who decides. You're the decider. Most of the time. Uh, the, re- the, recently, I've been doing the 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 four votes take take it. You know, the Beatles did all four votes, or they're not going to go. Oh, so and it has so, to be unanimous now. Yeah. So we, I've been trying to do that on some of the gigs and some of the ones that you I know. You do the ones on the one, you ask them when you know you'll probably get the answer you want. Yeah, uh, yeah or I know that the answer is going to be no, but I want them to say it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Thank you both for coming out hey, late, late at night. A little bit of celebration of local music. It is, it's more than just entertainment, folks. And when you go back out and you experience it, you'll remember that it is more than just entertainment. There's something healthy about it. And I would go with the small small venues, not the big ones. It's WBZ. Thanks, guys. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.